Good morning and welcome, Patriot Radio News Hour. Happy Friday. I know, right? Today's the day. Get a couple of fingers of Jack in the coffee because we got one whale of a show for you. And don't forget, after this hour uh, and next hour, Ted Nugent going to be joining us on 1360 KHNC. So uh, we got a great lineup for you heading into the weekend. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, 800 951 the website at allamericangold.com, and I hope it finds you all. Summer is finally here. Yep, the, you know, man, you can't complain. What a great first five months of the year if you lived here in the Valley of the Sun. I mean, we had rain. It wasn't hot. Uh, but uh, eventually, uh, global warming has kicked in. 100-degree temperatures. We'll probably have them now, what, you know, June, July, August, September, October, for about the next five months or so, 100-plus degrees. But, you know, it won't take long. Give us another week or two. You'll acclimate. We really don't think it's hot out until it hits about 110. So uh, just bear with it. It'll be all right. Get the sunscreen out. Get ready. Listen, we're going to pull a trick on California. You know, all these Californians keep coming here. Well, guess what? Payback time's coming. Everybody in Arizona seemingly likes to spend at least a few days over there in California. It's our little payback to you, but I'll tell you what. Keep your eyes open when you're over there. I mean, really give it a look. Check out the beaches. You know, and there's always homeless people all over the beaches there, but see how much bigger they are this time. Uh, actually, just as a note, my uh, not because I want to, okay, because I don't. Matter of fact, if I never had to go to California again, I'd be okay with it. Uh, but for we have a football obligation. Uh, I'll actually be in in California Father's Day weekend, so I'll give you all an update uh, over there. I don't know how many times I said we should build a wall between us and them uh, and keep your horrible liberal ideas uh, in California where you found them, but uh, so many things to talk about today. Listen, we had the jobs data out. I know everybody was waiting for it. Uh, I'm going to give you the news. If you haven't heard it already, uh, it was beyond bad. It was beyond bad. Uh, this was by far the worst number of the year. Uh, we'll talk about what that means. You know what? If you if you turn on the idiot box, you're going to see the Dow's up a couple hundred points. This is a scenario now. We've been seeing it play out the last couple of, well, really about the last eight days. The worse the news, the better. The worse the news, the better. And I'm talking about Wall Street. You know, these are guys that, I mean, just think about what they were saying six months ago. Right? They wanted the Fed to stop raising rates or at least slow down. And, and they were talking at the beginning, oh, maybe the Fed's going to raise one more time at the end of the year. And then one more time in 2020, right? And I was like, yeah, no, nope, nope. Try to get you to to take advantage of these gold markets because the the Federal Reserve it's clear now uh, rate cuts are coming. The question now isn't uh, if it's when and how many 
uh, and we'll try to break that down for you. I'll get through all the jobs numbers uh, on the other side of the break. We also had another number out. So we had two uh, important pieces of economic data, the government's jobs number, and, of course, with that, unemployment and full-time, part-time and all that, and I'll give you all that. The other was inventories. And this was the one um, that really kind of propelled uh, the Dow up even further. This was a really scary one. Uh, wholesale inventories skyrocketed way above expectations. And then the the other side of it, the wholesaler said, sales collapsed. So we had a really, it was, listen, it's only one number. It's only one number. But this has been the trend. Same thing with the jobs number, and I'll break this all down, but this trend of slowing, uh, but the wholesale inventory numbers uh, were up eight-tenths of a percent. And as far as like numbers like that go, I know eight, you're like, ah, eight-tenths of a percent, it's not a lot. That's huge. That's huge gains. Sales, on the other hand, were down four-tenths of a percent. So all of a sudden now this inventory picture uh, it, it is getting bigger and bigger. In other words, the warehouses are starting to fill up, um, and so we're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to see if that data continues. Uh, but one thing is clear. The 10-year note hit another new low for the year. Uh, all the banks, I, I'm just watching all these banks coming out and adjusting their bond yield forecast. And, of course, remember, I already told you where it was going. Right? Remember? What was that? Two, three days ago, I gave you, I give you the news. You know, forty-two to seventy-eight hours ahead of time, right? I told you, Stanley Druckenmiller already said, "Listen, they're going to zero," and he may be right. Uh, may be right. Uh, the ten-year note now. People are saying it may take out the all-time record low of one three seven before the end of this year. Uh, so we'll talk about that as well. So when we get back, we're going to talk about jobs. We're going to talk about yields. Uh, we're going to talk about the gold market, right? Gold roaring again. Uh, we got right up to the highs of the year earlier this morning. Uh, all eyes on Mexico. Pretty quiet. Uh, there, there's still hope, though, that, that Trump won't actually do it. I, I think he's going to. I don't think it'll last very long. Uh, but but nonetheless, we'll try to get to all of that in this last hour of this week. 800-951-0592. Gold's up five, six bucks, 13.43 and change. Silver uh, up 16 cents right now, uh, just under 15.10. So silver above 15. Uh, I've got those half dollars on sale at $120 a roll. Right, that puts your cost at like a dollar sixty something over spot. Yeah, for government hallmark material, you get twenty half dollars in that roll. Uh, they're $120. Now, the other day I told you I really wanted to. I want to see fifteen twenty-five, and really, there I think the number is like fifteen twenty-one. That's the 200-day moving average for silver. Now, gold's already above its 200-day moving average. Uh, what does that mean? It doesn't really mean a, It's a technical thing. All these computers 
uh, they trade on this stuff. Someone decided a long time ago in these algorithms that this 200-day moving average was an important number. My belief is if silver closes above that number, right, we're probably going to see a, 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 like a dollar pop like immediately. Right, because all the all the algorithms pop off, and they say buy, 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 buy. So buying here, uh, I think you got a really good chance. I I think that it's going to happen. Uh, I think it could happen as early as Monday, depending on the Mexico thing. And I I know I love our chances by the G20 uh, because I think that's when uh, Trump's going to come back and 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 more the tariff, the trade war with China is going to gain momentum. Uh, so get in today. Take advantage of it. Uh, the half dollar is by far the best deal in the house. Can you buy Silver Eagles? Absolutely you can. I'll love to sell, sell them to you. They're $375 for a roll of 20 but you're going to save like a dollar an ounce, more than a dollar an ounce. Well, just about a dollar an ounce. If you buy the half dollars instead of the Silver Eagles, and you know me. We tell you all the time. So I want you to get as much as you can, as close to spot as you can. Uh, take advantage of those silver half dollars, 800-951-0592. So let's get to it. We've been waiting for the jobs number, right? The ADP report came out on Wednesday, and it was bad. Not nowhere close to expectation. Today, we are expecting 185,000 jobs to have been created. This was a May number. So this is this is why we're starting to see, right, we're seeing April's numbers really started to, to not look good, and now we're into May, and, and May is looking like more of the same. Uh, the numbers came in much worse than expected. Only 75,000 jobs uh, created in the month of May. Now, April was a good month. April had a big number. Here was part of why it was even worse than the 75. They went back to April, whacked it. Right, took about 40,000 jobs away from April. Then they reached into to, into March and said, "Hey, you know what? We missed that one too. Hit that one." So they took away 75,000 total jobs in March and April combined. So really, the number was really zero. Right? So they said, hey, uh, the numbers that we reported in March and April, those were too high. Uh, And then uh, the number for May was only Uh, 75,000. By the way, this is the, the decline, the second in four months that the payrolls have increased by less than 100,000. So February, we had less than 100,000. May, we had less than 100,000. And then, like I said, April, they originally reported April at 263,000. Took it all the way down to 224. And then they went into March and said, hey, that 189 was really only 153. Uh, and that just sent the barn market uh, spiraling down. Uh, gold, which was was up a few bucks at the time, uh, jumped up as well. And then they went back and they started talking about where the jobs were, where the jobs weren't, 
wages uh, were slowing. They, it still was an increase, uh, but the year-over-year number fell about, th- they're saying 3%, 3% wage growth year-over-year. Year. And really we know, uh, yeah, on the low end and then the, the CEO guys, uh, not much in the middle. The only good thing I saw, I did see a, one decent piece of information. Hours worked didn't go down. Now, of course, they didn't go up, but they didn't go down. Uh, hours worked stayed steady, 34.4. And the, the thing, and I want to clear up something, because it's a, it's, a, it's a shame that they report it, and it's a lie. They say that the unemployment rate remained at 3.6%. And they said this is the lowest number since the 60s. You've heard it over and over and over again. That is not true. And like, what, what do you mean, double? Come on. Of course, it 3.6. Okay. Why is it not true? And the answer is very simple. They changed the way they calculated inflation. And I want to say they made the final say, is it, is it late 80s, early 90s in that area? They totally changed the way they calculated it. If you go back to the number they say, it's the lowest number since 1969 or 1968. If you go back to 19. 19- 69 or 68 when the unemployment rate was say what 3.9% or 4% if we used the way they see that formula that, that they used in the 60s we still have it we just don't use it anymore but if you actually used it the way they used it in the in the 60s the unemployment rate would be over 7%, which would mean, hey, guess what? It's not the lowest unemployment rate since the 60s. But, hey, why ruin a good story, right? It, it, it is the, I will say this, it is the lowest rate since they changed the way they calculated. That would be an honest statement, right? That would be the lowest, you know, we say it all the time, the lowest since they've been keeping record. Well, this guy, you know, you got to put an asterisk by it. Yeah, it's 3.6%, but this is like the Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa thing. And, and pardon the sports reference. So if you don't know who those guys were, these guys were baseball players. And they were on steroids. And they broke the home run, you know, Babe Ruth and Mickey Mantle, the, the, their, their home run, Mickey Mantle, Roger Maris, sorry, the, their home run records, right, for the most home runs in a year. And then, of course, they found out, oh, wait a minute, these, all these guys were on steroids. Well, that's kind of like this unemployment number, right? It's kind of like, yeah, we're going to say three, but, you know, we're taking a bunch of steroids to do it. And so it really doesn't, you know, you need to put the asterisks by it. And when you look inside, so remember now, there's two surveys at work, right? You get the the Bureau of Labor Statistics, right, and the household survey to get the two numbers. So the jobs number and the unemployment number are two different surveys. 
But let me tell you the details. And I actually learned something new yesterday. You know, you think about it, I've been giving you this data for, what, 16 years? And I've been baffled by something because I couldn't understand it. And, and, and now I know the answer so I can share it with all of you. According to the government, according to the uh, Bureau of Labor and Management, or Labor Statistics, I'm sorry, the BLS, the number of full-time jobs, and I, I report this number every month to you, and it's always the same, declined, declined, declined. This time they said it declined 129,000 695. So in order to get an increase of 75,000 jobs, right, we had to have created about 205,000 part-time jobs because we lost 129 full-time jobs. By the way, the drop for the month was the third consecutive decline For the first five months of 2019, a total of 218,000 full-time jobs have been lost. By the way, May's number, the lowest number since October of people working full-time. Now here's where it gets weird. When I, I'm going to tell you the, the, the problem that we have here. When you look at, hey, we've got 150 million people employed in America. You know, and I think the exact number is like 156 million. And, you know, you think about it, we probably got, uh, I don't know, with all the illegals now, 325 million people in the country, you know, so roughly, you know, one out of every two people has got a job, Okay. And, of course, some of them, let's face it, until you're 16, you can't work. And when you're over a certain age, right, you can't work any longer. Uh, But nonetheless, that's kind of how it breaks down. And yet they report all of these full-time workers. And I'm like, that that can't be possible. Like they're saying, you know, 5 6%. Now, it's still at the number of people working part-time that don't want to work part-time is at an all-time record high, okay? And, of course, I sit there and I come out and I report to you all the part-time jobs. I just told you. In, in 2019 alone, this, and again, these aren't my numbers. We've got 218,000 less full-time jobs. Now, according to the government, we're averaging, I don't know, somewhere 140,000 jobs a month created. So so you can see where I'm going here, right? The, the jobs being created aren't full-time. And we talk about how many people are working more than one job, right? I call it the side hustle. Right, I I, I, I I now run thirteen sixty uh, up in Colorado. Right, I had to get a side hustle. Had to get a side. Had to get a second job. 
what they do is they take people and they add their jobs together. So, in other words, to make it look like you're working full time, the government says, hey, we don't care if you're working two jobs, three jobs, four jobs. We'll add it all up together, and if that equals 32 hours or more, we're going to say you work full time. And so they've been distorting. Now, that used to not be an issue. When they first created this formula, almost nobody did that. Right? Everyone that worked part-time, you only worked part-time because you wanted to. It's funny how, wait a minute, you change the way you calculate unemployment so you look better, right? You change the way you calculate inflation so you look better. You haven't changed the way you calculate a full-time employee because you want to look better. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily look at the significant issues of our time from an experienced conservative perspective. Sponsored by Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, this broadcast continues the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly and stands against forces that mock traditional values, deny freedom of religion, slander America, and would redefine the family. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Historically speaking, leftists aren't big fans of the free market system of economics. They want to tax and regulate small businesses into oblivion. On top of this, they'd like to sue any surviving businesses who do not align with the liberal social politics of the day. On the other hand, conservatives believe that consumers should determine what businesses should and should not remain open, not the government. One liberal entrepreneur in Australia got an all-too-real taste of what happens when consumers pick winners and losers in a free market. Back in 2017, a restaurant called The Handsome Her Cafe made headlines for placing a gender surcharge on any and all male diners to make up for the supposed gender pay gap that feminists like to talk about so much. They also gave women priority seating and decked out the walls of their vegan feminist cafe with pictures of supposed icons of women's empowerment, like former First Lady Michelle Obama. Located in an inner-city neighborhood of the liberal city of Melbourne, the handsome Her Cafe was sure to be a hit. At least, that's what they thought, until the owners announced that the restaurant was closing down due to lack of business. It looks like that extra 18% from male customers wasn't quite enough to keep their feminist food dream alive. Who's to blame for the end of the handsome her? Could it be the evil patriarchy conspired against them? Could it be that the male chauvinist pigs sabotaged their restaurant by posting bad reviews, saying how men were called vile beasts by the restaurant's staff? Could it be that the toxic masculinity of our meat-eating culture made it so people thought their vegan tofu tasted like slime? Well, perhaps. Or maybe the handsome her went out of business because their vegan food tasted bad, and nobody likes to be treated poorly in a restaurant simply for being a man. You be the judge. Either way, it appears as though capitalism has struck once again. I can't think of a better argument for the free market than this. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For the U.S. economy to flourish, free enterprise needs to be rewarded. Competition and capitalism need to be encouraged. 
At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll find alerts and strategies for strengthening our economy and standing against socialism. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800-951-0592. So many things, I don't even know if I can get it all in here. Um, where do I want to go first? You know what? Let's let's go to the bond market. So the ten-year note hits another new low today, right? We've got the the two-year, the five-year, the seven-year all below two percent. The ten-year got all the way down to two oh six, almost got to two oh five, and everybody now the odds. Now I don't know where you make these bets, right? I don't think you can go to the sports books in Vegas and place a wager on the ten-year note, but. Everybody now saying there is a 100% chance that the Fed will cut rates no later than the September meeting. There's a 90-something percent chance that it's going to be the August meeting, and now there's like an 80-some-odd percent chance it's going to be in the July meeting. So... Three months ago, we went from, oh, there may be a rate cut at the end of the year. These are the people, by the way, that handle your money. You know I'm right. You know that's what they were saying on TV. Of course, I was telling you, no, there's not. Not going <laughs> to be any rate cuts or, or rate hikes. I mean, rate hikes. Now they're saying the market... The Dow, right? The Dow's up 200 more points again today on, on the data. Because the Dow now says, hey, we're not going to have one rate cut. Now, there's a 100% chance there's going to be two rate hikes. And now, this morning, I, I, I'm now hearing three rate cuts. Three rate cuts before the end of the year. Hey, i got to tell you right now, it doesn't matter. They've lost the ammo. The rate cuts don't mean what they used to mean uh, in today. It just doesn't. They've lost the The 10-year note already really, in theory, has given you five. Because we went from three and a quarter in December to 2%. It's not helping. That's why gold's running. You haven't figured it out yet. Wake up! The big dollar run, right? The we're doing better than everybody else. Not really. We spend more money, though. We definitely do that. And let's not forget. Now the deficit gets bigger, right? The GDP is going to be as good. The deficit is going to actually be bigger, right? I mean, it's not a great situation. So you got to lower the rates. Because, hey, we can't afford the interest payments. Governments around the world, this came out last night, by the way, have been buying gold and a lot of it. They're calling it the gold buying spree. Something they say we haven't seen. Now, here's what's funny. Guess what they're saying? We haven't seen gold buying from from governments like this since when? Since the 60s. <laughs> right? It's, I'm just saying, and I don't mean like, it's just kind of funny how it all kind of ties together. 
Right on. Unemployment rate lowest since the 60s. Jobless claims. We haven't seen jobless claims this low since the 60s. We haven't seen gold buying this aggressively by governments since the 60s, and really only one year. Right, Last year was the second highest level ever outside of 1967. And now all of a sudden they're saying there's a problem. They say the reason is directly tied to the anticipation of what they call the inevitable. And and whether you want to hear it or not is irrelevant. I don't care. What I care about is you, you is you prepare for it. Really? Cuz they're right they use the word inevitable for a reason. They're hedging against the dollar. The dollar's going down. There's no way about it. That's what's going to happen. Because why? Well, it, it's a fiat currency, and you've got a debt that is 23, almost $23 trillion, And by this time next year, it's going to be almost $25 trillion, And by this time the following year, it's going to be $28 trillion, and Then it's $30 trillion, $35 trillion, $40. Do I hear 50 Central banks are on the largest purchases of gold and so far 2019 they've bought a record amount 145.5 tons of gold which is more in a single quarter of a year than central banks had purchased in the preceding six years. It's huge. I don't know. I, I don't have the records from the 60s. This may have been the largest purchases ever in a quarter. But guess what? They're only getting bigger. And, and for the first quarter, let me be clear, first quarter buying ever. To put it bluntly, this is a 68% increase from the year before. Now, let me, let me explain to you why that's significant. Last year, the year, be, you know, the year before, it was the second highest levels of all time when they bought 650 metric tons. Now they're saying those purchases are ready to take out the highs of 1967. What is most interesting, though, and they made a big note about this, is the class of the countries that we find are turning to hoarding more and more gold, many of which are not deemed adversaries of Washington. When they say, hey, listen, we got the Russians. Right, they're an app. We know. Right, they don't like America, and and they're they've got an objective. Right, they're they're the largest buyer. Like last year alone, Russia bought two hundred and seventy four metric tons. Right, and we also know it dumped a what a bunch of U.S. treasuries. Then they said, oh, you know, you got Turkey. Right, Turkey's on a gold buying spree. You got China, they're on a gold buying spree again. And you got Iran, you know, they're buying gold again. 
and they're buying more and more gold. But they said, you know what's interesting is it didn't end there. And then they started listing countries. These are all countries that just this year bought gold. Kazakhstan, right, one of the stands. Ecuador, which I didn't even know Ecuador bought gold. I'll give you more of the list when we return. 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. If you're just joining us, uh, obviously, uh, horrible news out of the jobs market. I don't want to get too excited about it. What worried me the most was the they went back to March and April and eliminated uh, over 75,000 jobs, and then we only had 75,000 jobs in May. Uh, and, again, that slowdown, firmly entrenched, uh, rate cuts are coming. Rate cuts are coming. Uh, that's great news for gold, uh, great news for silver as well. Uh, and we're talking about, and, and, and again, we're talking about all these central banks where it looks like we're, we're on pace to shatter the record. The most buying of gold by central banks ever in 2019. Now, 2018, it was the second highest all time. It looks like we, we've got, will it happen, will it not happen? I don't know. But they, they said, here's what's unusual. Before, they would say, well, it's just the bad guy bus people, right? The Russians, the Iranians, right? Now the Chinese, uh, and, you know, we're not real happy with Turkey, right? So it's, it's, it's the bad guy bus. They said this is what makes this, this new spree so much different. Than the than what we what we've seen in the past, right? Very similar to what we saw in the '60s. And they started listing countries. You know, Kazakhstan, who they they've been a buyer, they buy a lot of gold. But Ecuador, Qatar, Serbia, Colombia, Poland. Austria, and now even the Philippines has joined the gold bandwagon, and that isn't even all of the countries. But they posed this question. Why gold? As a commodity, gold's interesting for a number of reasons. While many countries have taken a, venture, uh, uh, a vested interest in moving away from the stranglehold of the United States and rely less on less than the, on the dollar, we still have to ask ourselves, why would gold provide a, meaning, a meaningful solution in the interim? It's a fair question. Trust. Trust looks to the future, forms itself in the present, and feeds itself from the past. As a monetary asset, gold can look back on a successful 
5,000-year history in which it was able to maintain its purchasing power over, let's face it, a very, very long period of time and has never become worthless. When you think about it, it's truly amazing. 5,000 years, and it doesn't lose purchasing power. Right? You know, we know now, right? We already know now. A hundred years ago, gold was worth twenty dollars. It's thirteen hundred and fifty bucks in rising. And it's done this for five thousand years. Gold is the universal reserve asset to which central banks investors private individuals from every corner of the world from every religion from every class returned again and again it doesn't matter if you're Catholic Protestant Buddhist Muslim Atheist they all buy gold. It doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor. You know, it's harder when you're poor, right? We, we know that. They all buy gold. And then guess what? Been doing it for centuries. So what is happening today? Right? Why are we seeing what it is that we're seeing. This isn't just about a secret. It's not about a twisted uh, desire of a handful of quote-unquote rogue nations who want to see the destruction of the United States. That's That's not it. I would venture to believe Nobody wants to see this. Matter of fact, it's probably the complete opposite. Right? They want the United States to do well, and they're like, it's not, right? We got problems. It's about an erosion of trust. The you know the United States can no longer be trusted to act fairly on the international stage. It imposes its will on other nations, right, and and trying to maintain the U.S. dollar stronghold. I get that part. We have to. We do. We have to. But it's an erosion of trust. It's not that we're evildoers. It's the fact that they're like, hey, I don't think they can survive with the dollar, right? The dollar's coming to an end. That's the erosion of trust. That's why they're buying all of this gold. That's why you better get in. Hey, and guess what? Rates are coming down and my buddy Stanley Drunkenmiller says they're going to zero. I say it's time to back up the pickup truck, if you know what I'm saying. Final segment coming up. 
Final segment on this Friday, Golds 1344 uh, silver, over 15 bucks to the ounce this morning, 800 951 I got two great o- items for you. First, those rolls of silver, half dollars. They're $120 to the roll. Uh, that's going to put your cost all the way down to like a dollar sixty something in change over spot for government hallmark material just the cheapest way to buy government hallmark uh material today uh rolls a half dollars you get twenty half dollars in a roll they're a hundred and twenty dollars to the roll and remember right we're only what fifteen 20 cents away uh, from silver eclipsing that 200-day moving average. If it does that, I mean, you could see it jump right to 16. So get in there, get that so those half-dollar rolls put away on the gold side. I've told you, I don't, for a decade and a half, be your own central bank. This is a trust thing. Right? Everybody that I like to follow says to me the Fed's funds rates going back to zero and massive quantitative easing is going to come back and that means deficit blowouts and the like uh, which is going to probably put a whole lot not probably it's going to put a lot of pressure on the dollar I think uh, we're in the sweet spot here U.S. $10 liberties uh, these have gotten kind of hard to find lately. U.S. $10 liberties, $720 today. So not even 100 You're going to get two two gold pieces for less than $100 over spot at 800 951 Both of those are also on sale at allamericangold.com, so you can do it online as well. Uh, remember, we, we've got uh, coming up next at 1360, the Motor City Madman, Ted Nugent, is going to be joining us. So follow us over there. But before you do that, get this gold put away. Uh, the Mexico thing, just real quick. The, the, the word right now is the president is going to su- decide over the weekend. To me, that means Monday we're going to see the tariffs. Because if we weren't going to see the tariffs... I would think he would announce it now so Wall Street could go up, you know, right? They let it rail even bigger. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know. I don't have any inside information. But it, I, if he's going to wait till the weekend, I think we'll probably see the tariffs on Monday, uh, which may be the catalyst to push silver over that the 200-day moving average. Remember yesterday I said if we got both, that we would break 1350. We almost did it without Mexico today. Uh, So take the time, put it away, and just remember this. We're less than two weeks away from the G20. Remember, Trump's already said after the G20, we're going to talk about that other $300 billion in tariffs with the Chinese. And so far, I've got no reason to doubt our president. He has done what he said he's going to do when it comes to these tariffs. And, and China, I'm gonna, I, you know, we know, right? They're not going to play ball uh, if those tariffs come on. Man, you'll regret not buying today. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. We're done for the week.
the open forums coming up next on 1360. Everybody take care. Have a great weekend.